Hey everybody, welcome to Regardless, You've Got This. I'm your host, Skylar Sorkin. Say hello to the syllabus for your 20-something soul. The syllabus you never received in college is finally making an appearance. This podcast will inspire you to create your very own 20-something syllabus, ultimately guiding you towards your sole purpose regardless of self-doubt and what others think. Alrighty, let's just get to work. I feel like I look like a little babushka with this. You know what I was just thinking? Those sleeves are what I met you in the first time we met at Earth Cafe. Yeah, because remember I saw you and I was like, I've been wanting those sleeves. And like all my friends were like, no, don't get them. And I was like, no, I'm obsessed with them. And then I met you. And oh, you it's were, a vibe. I love them so much. I'm like ready to get full into this. Let's just go. Okay. Welcome. Welcome back to Regardless. Thank you so much for tuning in episode after episode. I just want you all to know truly how proud I am of all of us for choosing growth, choosing our future selves, and really choosing the more awakened and honest path, regardless of how difficult it may be. I'm so proud of you guys, and you're never alone. We're on this journey together. And just know by you deciding to listen, show up, you're growing and you're really choosing yourself. So this episode is going to be structured a little bit differently. It's going to be a part A, part B episode series with my good friend and life coach, Sage Miller. In part A, Sage and I will be summarizing the top four things I took away and learned by working with Sage throughout our 11 weeks of life coaching. So you'll leave this episode understanding the benefits of working with a life coach, working with someone like Sage, and really what my experience was like and what I learned over the 11 weeks of working with Sage. You'll also get a deep understanding of a lot of the stressors that I am personally facing in my life as a 24-year-old and how working with Sage has really allowed me to unlock those resources within and outside of myself in order to grow. And then in part B, Sage and I will address perfectionism. And I know y'all can relate. Um, We address the toxic relationship between high achievers and perfectionism, how to slow down to build sustainable momentum, and how to not engage with systems and structures that convey perfectionism. So are we ready? Welcoming in Sage Miller, my dear, dear friend, as well as my life coach guru. Sage is a life coach. Her specialties are in really helping you redesign your life through mindset, organization, and optimization. Sage's story is pretty amazing and extremely inspiring, especially as a 27-year-old Sage, do you want to kind of quickly share how you went after your dreams and deciding to become a life coach kind of so rapidly and recently? Yeah. Well, first off, I'm so excited to be here and to be doing this episode together. It feels so special to have just recently wrapped up our time together coaching. And I love that I don't even know the four things you're going to share and really just to get to hear and reflect on that time together is going to be so special. So in terms of how I landed where I am, I could go on for a very long time, but um, to kind of just summarize, 
I am someone who's always been incredibly passionate about psychology and mindset and just the way we operate, habits, routines, who we are. And in high school, I used to feel a little bit guilty because when a friend would call me with a problem, I'd be like a little excited because I'm like, ooh, like let's get yeah, into yeah. it. Let's really solve this together. And so over the last couple of years, I've really been, I've tried so many different avenues. I launched a company with my best friend when COVID hit. I've had multiple different full-time jobs. I've done a lot of different independent contractor work. And I really just kept coming back to this feeling of, I want to help people and I want to spend my time impacting people's lives. And I've tried various kind of versions of this over the years. I was a personal trainer for a while. I was a nutrition coach for a while, but I just really always wanted to dig in on the mindset and the way we are, who we are, the way we, the reason we are, why mm-hmm. we are, you know, all those different components of just what makes us who we are. And I've just been so fascinated in understanding how much our mind creates our reality. Yep. So getting to work with people now <laughs> on just reframing different, just shifting the mind in certain ways to help set you on the trajectory for the things you really want and getting to sit with them and address and look at where there are just major blocks in the mm-hmm. way where it's just their mind, our minds blocking us from the things we really want to me is the best possible use of my time. So it's it's been so exciting. It actually the idea for this company and this new career came early early this year, early yeah. January 2022, and I just officially launched about 4 or 5 months ago and have been just so lit up by this work and as you know you were the first official client I took on which was so special so, fun. <laughs> so to be on the other side of that and now working with a big community of amazing high achievers is really exciting so freaking proud of you and i really think it's just awesome to see that this was such a recent you know experience and take on and journey for you that you decided to do it and a lot of people instead of taking action, they kind of just sit there and think about it. Mm -hmm. And for you, it was kind of like this, all right, five, four, three, two, one, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how some of the most amazing experiences, companies, brands, realizations are created is like, stop thinking about it and just go for it and learn along the way. And I've just been so grateful to share that experience with you and to watch you soar and to watch you find something that you are, first of all, born to do so passionate about and money is not an object when like you're you're just doing you and you're making money from doing it and this is now your career so you have tons to learn from you and I'm so excited to share with my following kind of what my journey was like learning from you so (laughs) let's kind of let's get into it Sagey I love it I love it I'm so excited okay so kind of interesting before we started coaching just to kind of give you guys this overview of where I was at in my life, really a transformative time. I was leaving my first job out of college at the small boutique agency I was working for, got a new job, um, account executive for an awesome, awesome company that I'm currently at. And, you know, of course, with starting anything new, there's a lot of fear and excitement and a little bit of anxiety, even though it's always good to be anxious um, because it's something outside of your comfort zone. So, understood that I was deserving of this job. Um, but 
you know, there were still old narratives getting in my own way of, you know, of course, having a new great salary and of stepping into something that was a little bit in the unknown, just not really feeling completely confident. Wasn't really sure what that was stemming from. Sage and I were really able to work through those narratives and stories that were no longer serving me. They weren't accurate. And maybe there were protectors, stories that I was telling myself that made me feel safe um, and kind of stuck in this comfort zone and not really helping me grow towards, you know, what I'm really capable of and my reality and my truth. So one thing that I thought that really helped me kind of break down those stories of, you know, I'm not deserving. I, you know, am I really capable of doing this? affirmations. So I can kind of bring up a couple of the affirmations that we created together um, could be helpful to you guys. So the first was the things I want come to me effortlessly and easily. The second was I am endlessly deserving, not because of what I do, but because of who I am. And that is powerful. I love that one. Because I think a lot of us see ourselves and our identity just as our career. And we think that we're going to be successful because of how much money we're making or what we do or the title that we kind of depend on to introduce ourselves to others. But it's not that. It's because of who you are. You just have to be you to be successful. Um, So those were two of the affirmations that I absolutely loved. Um, Sage, if you kind of want to share a little bit more about the power of affirmations and how we really use use that um, into coaching. That would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so special hearing those two back because they were so potent. And I remember when we landed on them, we were like, oh my gosh, this is, this is it. And I love how customized they become for everyone, but really the thinking. And I think some people hear the word affirmations and they're like, oh, like it's just affirmations, manifestations, you know, like some people think it's, it's kind of just a buzzword now, but really the reason they're so potent in my in my findings and what I've seen is that we have these old narratives that are playing looping in our heads, sometimes frequently or sometimes constantly. And we also have a knowing that they're not true, but unless we ground ourselves into a new belief, they can kind of sit on repeat in the subconscious brain and just keep running. And as we've talked about, and as I'm sure so many people know now, so much of our behavior is driven from our subconscious mind. It's like, I think it's like 95% of what we do every day is driven from our subconscious mind, our subconscious programming. And so the reason that I think these simple affirmations are so powerful and so liberating for people are that you are taking that moment of truth where you actually are like, this is what I really know about myself and you're writing it down and then reinforcing it. So it's sort of like every time those old narratives come up, you have this like truth statement that you get to go back to that reminds you of who you actually know yourself to be and what you actually believe. So it sort of starts to reroute the mind every time it starts to go in a certain direction that's not benefiting you anymore. And that probably isn't really reality either. Yeah. And I remember, you know, when I was in the beginning of the coaching and I was starting to use these affirmations, I was like, this is really weird. I do not mm-hmm. feel this yeah. at all. I don't really believe yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And then I would just every single morning, every single night, um, and I would even put the affirmations on my computer screen right when I started my new job. Yep. Um, and I remember it said, 
in order to be successful, I just have to be me. And I still have it on my computer. I love that I'm one. just a little sticky note. Mm-hmm. And I get to read it every single day. Mm-hmm. And I remember throughout the 11 weeks of working with you from the beginning to the end, like I fully felt the affirmation and I believed it with every single ounce of my body mm-hmm. just from repeating it every day. You guys, I promise you it works. I don't get it. Yeah. But it works. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so true. It's so true. And I think one thing that has been so interesting to me over the yeah. last couple of years that I've seen with just so many of my girlfriends, you know, of course we have friends who just like think the world of themselves and they like mm-hmm. see themselves so expansive. And we have friends who really just do not see their power and they don't see how incredible they are. And what I've learned is that or what I believe is that the world perceives us often how we perceive ourselves. And so the reason this is so important beyond how you go about your life in the world is that I've seen so many incredible people who don't see their value, not be recognized for their skill set, their potential, their capabilities by the world. And I've seen people who maybe aren't even as skilled, don't have the experience who are just like, I'm the best person for the job. I've got this. And they soar. Yeah. You know? And so I think that finding clarity on who we really are and how wonderful we are in whatever different capacity is liberating beyond just how we see ourselves. I love that. I love that. Okay. Let's go into number two of what we learned, what I learned and you too. It's I probably mean, yeah, a different always learning. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. So number two, I learned how to create more balance and Zen zones in my life. Um, I'm a high achiever myself, and this will kind of bleed into our second part B of this episode. And I have a really hard time cultivating peace because the minute I wake up, you guys, I'm not even shitting you. <laughs> I My alarm clock goes off and my body jolts out of bed because it scares the shit out of me. <laughs> and I go and I turn it off and then I get my workout stuff on. I go to the gym, literally there for two hours, like craziness, like 6am in the morning. And then I come home and I go straight to the computer. I'm on working until 6pm and then I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. And so it's just this constant go, go, go where I don't feel like I have time to really look in, give back to myself and just feel like I can breathe. So Sage really allowed me to find and make time for myself and something that felt inspiring and exciting. Because I think a lot of the time people are like, oh, well, you have to meditate. You have to do this. Sometimes, no, that's not going to work for me. That doesn't seem exciting or restful or peaceful. And so working with Sage, we were really, I was really able to get excited about cultivating a Zen zone. And so for me, this was in the morning, starting with taking honestly five deep breaths Mm -hmm. and then going to the gym. It didn't have to be like meditating or going on a walk or sitting in bed for five minutes. Like that doesn't get me excited. So it was honestly just breathing. Um, That is kind of how we started my morning routine. And then the nighttime routine was kind of like when I came alive. So we understood that what I loved in my Zen zone was incense, sage, um, candles, relaxing, sentimental music, showers, hot water, journals, um, you know, pulling Ganesha cards, meditating. And this all happened 
during my nighttime routine during the week, not on the weekends, but during my week. And this is where a lot of the journaling prompts came in, which I would love to share with you guys. Something Sage that you really equipped me with was 15 things I did well today, which I loved. One thing I learned and one thing I want to implement tomorrow. And I loved this because I have a really hard time celebrating my wins, even my little wins throughout the day. I'm always like, all right, well, how can I be better? How can I do better? And I never can really be present or celebrate anything. That doesn't seem like a fun life. So Sage really allowed me to tap into celebrating my little wins and then also reflecting and and giving myself feedback in a healthy way for how can I be better the next day? Mm. I think this, it was so exciting seeing you just like come alive in your evening routine because it's so different for everyone, right? Some people are, it's perfect in the morning. Some people it's perfect in the evening. And so really what's so exciting to me is getting to work with people and you know yourself so well. So it was kind of easy, but getting to figure out when is, when do we carve out this time for you? And what does this time look like? Is it Mm. no phones? Is it in your room? Is it nature? Like what is needed to create that equilibrium for you and to create some balance? You know, do you need no technology? Do you need organization? Like Mm. really looking at what's going to bring people into a state of equilibrium and help them like harmonize their life. And everyone I work with is kind of in the like high achiever category. So often it's spaciousness and pausing, but doing it in a way that kind of meets you where you're at and feels doable. Yeah. Yeah. And I would like to know, like, there's so many ways that you can customize things, especially with meditation. Like sometimes I don't want to be sitting. Um, and sometimes I really want to kind of do two things at once just because (laughs) I like to do like, just kind of go like the easiest, fastest Mm -hmm. way. Um, which is something I'm working on as well, but (laughs) like even meditating on my walks, like I love walking meditation because, you know, it's my lunch break where I get to go outside and go on a walk, but I can also meditate at the same time. Um, or also don't get mad at yourself. If you can't have a Zen zone one night, it doesn't have to be consistent, but as long as like you're, you're filling your cup back up and it feels good to you do it. But also remember, don't get mad at yourself. If like, a Zen zone can't happen on like a Wednesday or a Thursday night. And you feel like you would, your, your cup would be filled by going out with friends. Like self-care space can be like, you must have Zen zones every night. <laughs> Whoa. Really overwhelming, especially yeah. for those of us who fall into that category of like high achieving mindset, perfectionistic qualities. It's really hard to take like a little bit of certain things and to just give yourself the grace to like do as much of it as feels good for you on any given day. Yeah. And maybe self-care like is like eating a cookie or ice cream in bed, watching Dahmer. Totally. Like that's totally chill. Do that. I'm all for that. Okay. Number three. I love this one. Um, fear mapping. Mm, Oh my gosh. So good. Sage, can you define what fear mapping is for us? Absolutely. Um, this might not be the official definition, but the way that I understand it, the way that I use it is when a big fear comes up, It's pausing and addressing the worst case scenario. So you let your mind go all the way down the rabbit hole. Cause usually what happens is we'll go like one or two or three thoughts deep. And then we're like, Ooh, I don't want to go there. And we pivot and go the other way. But that fear is still in the back of our minds, like eating away at us a little bit throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month. 
So fear mapping is instead of disassociating from it and letting them kind of sit in the background and eat away at you, we go all the way in. You're like, what is the worst case scenario? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're stressed out financially. It's like, okay, the worst case scenario is I move out of my apartment. I move back in with my parents. Like you just fully go there. And then you write down five, 10 things. What would I do if that happened? Right. Then what, or how could I avoid this happening? Mm -hmm. How can I kind of solve this fear? And so you're not only looking at, okay, what's the worst case scenario? You know, when I've done this before, it is like, okay, then I live with my parents for a few months. That's so bad. That could be kind of fun, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And then you're like, you create this list of what are all the things I can do to avoid that happening. Mm -hmm. So you're letting your mind go all the way where it wants to go, sitting there for a second and just looking around. Usually you're like, I wouldn't die, which is really what the brain is afraid of and feeling. And then you make a list and look at the ways that you can liberate yourself or go in the opposite direction. And often, A, it's not as bad as you thought it was going to be. You probably often wouldn't die. And B, you suddenly have a list of actionable items on how to move in the other direction that probably also helps solve the problem. Totally. And I loved this because it's really confronting fear mm-hmm. on one. And you know that regardless of what happens, mm-hmm. you're alive, yeah. you're doing it. It's going to be okay. There are options. And I really loved this because again, this goes back to me, like beginning a new job. And of course, being human, having fears about not being successful, failing, mm-hmm. not being good enough, um, which is probably mm-hmm. one of my number one fears. And mm-hmm. so I remember like writing down, God forbid, worst case scenario, if I got fired from a job, which would never happen, <laughs> Maybe, but like, probably not, <laughs> probably not. Like, what would happen? And I remember talking to you stage. I'm like, okay, well, knowing me, I know a lot of people, so I would get a new job. <laughs> yeah. I remember that moment. I'm like, I would be fine. And I would, it would work. It would be fine. And it's, so it's just looking at the actual fear and being like, hey, fear, thanks for being a bully and trying to be larger than I am, but you're not going to win and you're actually really tiny. So why yeah. am I giving you all this power? I'm yeah. looking at you straight, you know, in the eyes. Yeah. Nice try, dude. Right. Take the back seat. Honestly. Like, yeah. I feel like that compassion of like, thank you for trying to keep me safe. I'm actually not going to die. So you can like, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's our protector and it's Mm -hmm. something that we should acknowledge and have self-compassion for, but there's no need for my fear to show up right now. You're okay, baby. I'm safe. Mm -hmm. Going into number four relationships, Sage. (laughs) 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 I can't even tell you the amount of times (laughs) I've called Sage, perhaps maybe after a really bad date. (laughs) or like struggle with like work relationships, um, friends, family, and just calling you and having you and looking at relationships and Sage has really helped me take responsibility of how I show up. Hmm. Really important in terms of any relationship is taking responsibility on how you show up and how that can affect others and how they show up. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that I learned working with Sage was Okay, 
something that I'm struggling with in romantic relationships and friendships is always leading the tango. And that is just, Mm -hmm. it is because I'm first of all, a high achiever and extrovert. Um, it's, it's what I do for work and it's something that I'm good at. And I've been able to do for work because I know that it's, you know, a great quality about me that I leverage and I make money from it. But do I always want to be leading the tango? No, it's exhausting. (laughs) So working with Sage, she really helped me to kind of like, even though this was really hard, take the back seat and allow others, whether it's people I'm dating or my friends, make the reservation, Mm -hmm. make the plan, lead the tango. And before working with Sage, I just thought, well, why aren't they already doing this? Like, why aren't they meeting me here? And we can't expect that from others, you know? Mm-hmm. And Sage was really able to allow me to look inward and experiment, relax. <laughs> and what I experienced was pretty phenomenal. This really made an amazing impact, in, especially in my romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know, Sage, if you want to, share anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, we could do an entire five hour episode on this topic alone. I have friends who actually coach specifically in like masculine feminine dynamics and like energetics, which I think is fascinating. Fascinating. But currently everyone who I'm working with is a high achieving female. And so I see this come up so much where it's like, we're capable, we're independent. Yeah. We really can take care of ourselves, but we also don't always want to lead and always want to be like in charge. And I I have this conversation almost every day with my girlfriends because there's so much similarity between us where we're practicing like letting. I remember the affirmation we made for you with this one is like, let them lead. Mm. And we have to practice letting other people lead because when we're really capable and we just can, we're often like, Oh, I'll drive. The reservation's already made. It's already, it's just handled. And I've had so many experiences that I've had to learn. Don't benefit anyone where I exhaust myself leading. And then I don't enjoy myself. And, and you frankly, have resentment. I'm that's what I was going to say. I'm frustrated. Yeah. Frankly, I'm frustrated. And that's not their fault because I said, I'll pick you up. The reservations already made. Here's what blah, blah, all the plans are done. And then I do everything and then I don't fully enjoy it. No. And then they don't fully enjoy it because they can feel that I'm not fully enjoying it. So this is something that I've really been actively practicing specifically with dating and with men in the last year where I just like, release the reins, you know, and little things like, where do you want to go dinner? Surprise me. Yeah. You know, do you want me to drive or do you, you can drive like just literally I've had times where I will drive to a guy's house and then he'll get in my car and I'm like, can you just drive my car? Because I'm like, I just don't want to be in charge all the time. And it's just such a practice and for different, you know, areas of our life, it's different for everyone, but just finding ways that you can release. So we don't always have to be so on all the time if it's not benefiting us. Also, it allows the guy to be in his divine masculine. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's it's very, it's it's a very interesting subject. <laughs> Again, there's so we could <laughs> we're dancing around, like we could go so deep in on this one piece alone. 
it it really everyone wins when we allow ourselves to be in the state that is authentic. It's not that women have to be feminine, men have to be masculine, but when we just tap into what is true for us and what feels good to us, then the other person gets to do the same. And if there is that polarity Mm -hmm. that creates an opportunity for sexual energy, great. But even in friendships, it's like, what do I need? What do you need? And so many of my friends have communicated to me, like when I just tell them, Hey, here's what I'm needing, or here's what I'm feeling. They're just so grateful that I'm being honest and not just being frustrated with them and not explaining why. And Mm -hmm. remember, like, if you're not honest with people, then you can't expect them to know what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Um, And even I'm practicing like a radical honesty, especially in my dating life, just because people deserve to know. I mean, like recently I've been so busy and I mean it when I say I'm booked until the first week of November, say, you know, cause you're my <laughs> close friend. I am booked. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so with dating, I have, you know, I need to be honest and like, Hey, like I, I really do want to see you, but to be honest with you, I am completely booked until this date. Yeah. But you know, if I just blow them off and I'm not kind of being transparent, then you know, I'm not going to receive that back when mm-hmm. in dating. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just about communicating your needs, what you're feeling in that moment. And especially with friends, just communicating like, Hey, can we kind of switch this role? Maybe you make the reservations for this time and I'll do the next. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're all busy. We're all busy. Yes. And I think often so much with friends, especially like they'll just lean in. If you always just lead, okay, great. You know? And yeah. so communicating that, Hey, I'm actually really exhausted. Would you mind just making the reservation and making a game plan for this night or whatever, but giving them that permission and communicating what we need. It's huge. The four like things that I learned, except there were like 50 million, the ones that I shared today, (laughs) number one affirmations, two of my favorite were the things I want to come to me effortlessly and easily. I am endlessly deserving, not because of what I do, but because of who I am. And one that I personally love is in order to be successful, I have to be me. Number two, how to create more balance and Zen zone. So morning routines for me, it was taking five deep breaths before I get out of bed every morning. My nighttime routines were incense, sage, candles, taking a hot shower to Sade, like dancing in my room, which sounds kind of whack, but to me, I love it. So no judgment. (laughs) Um, Journaling prompts, 15 Mm -hmm. things I did well today. One thing I learned and one thing I want to implement tomorrow. Meditation, Tara Brock, she's amazing. I will link her in here. Um, Number three, fear mapping, mapping out the worst case scenarios to your fears, looking that straight into the eye and really listing out five to 10 things you would do if that worst case scenario situation actually happened. Mm -hmm. And then relationships, taking a step inward, understanding how are you showing up in your relationships, whether that's romantic friendships, work career oriented, and figuring out what do you need and how can you kind of reorient yourself? If you're really needing extra support, Sage Miller. (laughs) So I will link Sage into the show notes, um, how you can reach out to her, you guys. She's been unbelievable in terms of my self-growth. 
Um, looking at who I was, was this maybe two months ago, Sage? Three months ago? Three months ago. Three months ago to where I am now. Guys, I'm a new woman. Like, I remember I didn't even begin my new job, first of all. I And I remember telling her that I wanted to rebrand regardless. I wanted to hire people. Dude, full rebrand. I now have two people working for me. And this is literally because of working with Sage. And the way that I show up in my dating life, the way that I see myself, the way that I am with my friendships. I am just so grateful for you, Sage. And I think your support and your guidance and your insight and your wisdom is needed. Mm. So everyone listening, please, please consider working with Sage or a life coach or even a therapist um, if necessary. And I love you and thank you so much for the way you showed up and your desire to change and expand and grow exactly as you said, like it was us working synergistically and it was so, so exciting and just beautiful to be a part of your growth. So thank you. I love you. Also, this work only works if you're ready to grow. Mm -hmm. Yep. I always tell people if they're on the fence, I'm like, don't do it. It's not the right time. Like you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into perfectionism. Amazing. Thanks for listening to Regardless. I hope you've learned something from this month's soul conversation and will apply it to your very own syllabus. Join me next month for a new guest, a new tool, and a new perspective. If you found value in this podcast, please empower your tribe by sharing, leaving a comment, review, and or subscribe. Catch new episodes on the second and fourth week of every month on all major audio podcast platforms. For more information about my life and updates about the podcast, head to my Instagram at Skylar Sorkin and at Regardless the Pod. Thank you for tuning into Regardless. Thank you for being vulnerable and talking about the uncomfortable. Now go kick some ass.